Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast once again. The Fart Fetish Podcast is where we seek to find the answer to what is fart fetish? Where might it come from? How is it enjoyed? And what are the people like who have this fetish and other fetishes too? We do this on the first Friday of every month on most major podcast platforms and at fartfetishpodcast.com. You can also enjoy erotic fart stories, captions, and videos at thefartcloset.com and support the podcast at the same time. That's thefartcloset.com. And now I'd like to welcome Daryl to the podcast. Daryl joins me to talk about his personal experiences in communicating and mutually enjoying fetish activities with romantic partners. He shares with us a bit about the allure of the taboo and private nature of the fetish as we talk about self-acceptance and expressing yourself with the right people. Stick around for it on the Fart Fetish Podcast. Thanks very much for being here, Daryl. Why don't we start with a little bit about yourself and, and what the fetish looks like for you? Yeah, sure. The fetish, you know, I think I've had it since I was a teenager. I, I kind of like the fetish in, in terms of um, the intimacy of it and the privacy of it. For, for like, you know, the double standard that women aren't supposed to, quote unquote, like fart and stuff like that. So letting me in on something so private and intimate is what turns me on about it. So it's, it has nothing to do with like being humiliated or anything like that. It's just being able to share that privacy and intimacy with a woman. So I'll, I'll watch porn and I also do it with my girlfriend. That's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is. And the more that a woman can be, you know, seductive about it and kind of play into the, uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret the more it turns me on. I see. I see. So yeah, it's like a, um, is the way I read it is like a, a playing up of that taboo element. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. Do you know when or, or, and, and how this fetish originated for you? Like when did you start thinking about it? Okay. So I, I have the, the earliest mem memory. It's not in terms of the fetish, but my earliest memory was in elementary school, a, a girl whispered to me while we were online like doing something I, it was like fourth grade third grade and she whispered to me that she uh farted and she was like as if she, it was a big secret that's the earliest memory i have and that always stuck with me so once again back to the the privacy of this thing the intimacy oh this is a big secret type of thing and then i don't know maybe from like a psychoanalytic more like a Freudian psychoanalytic perspective probably has to you know do it everything has to do with your mother <laughs> so um my mom farted in front of me and stuff and I, I'm sure that that has something to do with it too just finding a woman that would share something that intimate and private with with me that probably has to do with I, I would I would say those type those two things Absolutely. That makes total sense. I don't want to get too too deep into your personal life, but could you when when was the first time like you recalled like at what age do you remember your your mom like farting around you or or like and I'm not saying like, you know, it was a it's a sexual thing, just like my my parents were the same way. They're not very taboo oriented orient 
minded, I guess, is a way to put it. Um, whereas, you know, they were, you know, uh, using the bathroom with the door open. You know, if they had to fart, they just would. Um, and it wasn't like a focus on it. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't like it was just kind of life. So uh, when was that for you or when did you notice that um, or when did you pick up on your mom doing that? Kind of like what you just said. It was just kind of a part of life. We always did that, too, in, in our household. We just used the bathroom. We fart. It didn't matter. So I, I, it's probably more of the, I get, I'm trying to figure out when I found out how much of a taboo this type of thing was. It probably has more to do with that. And then, wow, like, but in my house, we just do it. My mom does it. It doesn't matter. But I guess, wow, but she does it because I'm her son and we're, it's, it's private and intimate. It's our family. It's our household. But other people aren't doing that in front of other people. So I, I can't tell you an age, but it's, it's interesting to think about the family dynamic versus society's standards. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned you kind of like the uh, the fantasy of the like letting you in on a secret. Is that something you and your uh, your your current girlfriend play out? Yes, she uh, she does it for me. She knows I like it, and whenever she has to um, do it, she'll you know she'll let me she'll let me know. <laughs> it, it's pretty awesome. That's great. That's really great. And would you say there's like other fetishes or kinks that you really feel like? have to go with it for you or is it is that kind of just the what you need no nothing has to go with it It it's perfect it's exactly what i need nice talk to me a bit if you will about how'd you how'd you meet your your girlfriend and, and how did you you know especially how did you broach that um fetish topic with her yeah this, so so that's this is a really good uh question i met my girlfriend like just uh i met her on tinder then we went on a couple of dates and then we hit it off really well. And, you know, I, I really liked her. And then, I don't know, maybe after a couple of months of dating and we got a little more serious, I uh, told her what I was into. And um, how did I do that? I, I think I told her, listen, I have to, can I share something personal with you? And she said, yeah. At this point, she already told me, um, we already told each other we loved each other. And I think that's a, that's a really, from my experience, that's really important. Feeling like you can trust someone, like you have a really deep connection to someone. Whenever I've ever told anyone this, uh, because I didn't just tell her, it was people that uh, I was really intimate with, cared deeply about loved and then i told them and she she didn't think it was weird at all she probably she she didn't expect me to say that <laughs> you know and i explained it to her kind of how i explained it to you kind of because i i really thought about this before we are having this conversation i haven't really thought too too deeply about it but i explained to her that's what i was into and you know i i hope that does she doesn't think I'm weird. <laughs> and um she embraced it. That's so awesome. That is that is such a great story. I can't I can't um express how how much uh joy that gives me hearing because it it doesn't have to be complicated or 
or anything, you know, unique. It's it's really just about communication with the right people in our lives. And and I'm gl- so glad you have uh, uh, brought uh, such a story to us, and, it, and it's worked out for you. That that's that's such great news. I'm 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 really uh, glad to hear that. And and like you just said, communication was was key. You know, I if I had to put myself out there, but but I I figured because I've had pretty good luck, not just with my current girlfriend, but with with women in general. Whenever I've told them, that. and I think the common denominator with all of them is that they care deeply about me. So when I told them, I think they they wanted to please me. They cared about me. That, that I mean, that's that's the common denominator with all of them. I think if you find someone that you really care about and they care about you, they might try anything for you. I mean, it's not really harmful. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, exactly. There's really no harm in in being honest with people, especially people you love. I, I think there's nothing really. There's nothing more important. But if if we want to just talk about like, yeah, if it's not going to hurt, absolutely, yeah, definitely communication. Um, give it a shot if you haven't, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know what? I've had a bad experience with the girl that I I was dating for. We dated a total of like four years, and. When she did it, I can tell she wasn't very comfortable with it. She did it just to appease me. And it was very obvious that she did not like it. And so I didn't like the experience either. Of course. Yeah, yeah. A for- yeah, it doesn't really work when it's forced. But you know what? I do have to to give kudos to to her giving it a, a try, you know? It may not have been been her something she's into, but uh it it does really speak to the level of care and and um the relationship you've built. It really speaks to that. Absolutely. And she was the exception though with if I counted them maybe f- five Five women that I that I dated that did this for me, she was like one out of the five that wasn't really feeling it. Damn, that's pretty amazing, though. It, with the other women, were they all like, did you meet them all over Tinder or other apps? Or how, how were all of those uh, like met? Did you meet all those women the same way or? Various dating sites. I, I met two of them at college. One of them I just explained. That was the bad experience. Another girl at college, too. You know, she she was down to do it she it was like it was nothing to her she was like yeah okay she you know she thought it was funny other girls i met online and then i i actually two two of the girls that i met online actually told a little quick because we were sharing fetishes like we through through online when we were get getting to know one another so i felt pretty comfortable since we were like sharing different things we were into and i and i told them and uh they were okay with it. And then they were sending me videos. That's cool. That is so cool. That is, um, what was your first, um, fetish experience, uh, in college? Like one of the ones you just relayed or was it earlier than that? Yes. In college. Okay, cool. Cool. What was that? What was it? Can you relay it? Like, how was that? Or how did that one come about specifically? Yeah. Well, one of them was the one I told you about. Uh, I had a four year relationship with her. Then when she finally did it and I told her about it, it wasn't the best experience. And then after that relationship, I met another girl and that was a better experience. I told her she tried it, but she she wasn't like, but, but she was like uh, 
she was very open-minded though she was uh into fet life she was into poly relationships and stuff even though i'm not but she she was she's just a very open-minded woman so she did it because she was she embraced different fetishes so she would have tried i think almost anything <laughs> nice nice and i really appreciate that you know your your first time may not have been exactly perfect but you know, you didn't let it stop you. You didn't let it get in your way. You you went right out there and and uh, and asked again. You know, you built a relationship and you you um, asked for what you needed. Yeah, and and you know what? Like for me personally, my mindset is that when I love someone, it supersedes almost anything. It supersedes the sex part. It's super, it, it, that's gonna the sex part. Like for me, because I'm I'm a monogamous person. So if I'm gonna stay with a person, I understand that the uh, the oxytocin is gonna run out, right? So the the sex, I it has to be more substance to a relationship than the sex anyway. So if if that didn't work out in that relationship, that's not what killed it, right? We had other personal problems that that ruined that relationship. So. It was amazing that we were able to try it in that relationship, in the first relationship I'm talking about, but it wasn't the most important thing is what I'm saying. For sure. Would you say you're um, generally uh, public about this fetish? Are you are you pretty private and just with the right partners? With the right partners and the right people, um, the right friends. I'm, I'm private about it because, for example, like I won't tell my family because I know who they are <laughs> and they're gonna uh they're gonna uh make fun of me and and judge me but uh uh many of the people most of the people that i have in my life that are, are good friends of mine they know and because i surround myself with a lot of people that are kind of like me maybe not in terms of fetishes but open-minded where we can talk about these things and i feel like they're not gonna judge that's really great. And that really ties into what I was going to ask you next is, is how would you describe your connections with, with other men like your age or, you know, around that age? Because obviously it's coming up in society these days. Um, so, so what do you feel about that? Yeah, man. You know how this is like a conversation right now, what we're doing. A lot of my, a lot of my friends, we have these type of conversations when it's, when it's not like a, an interview. Right. We'll just talk about it. We'll shoot the shit about these type of things and they'll tell me what they're into. You know, if I just met someone at a bar, uh, I probably won't tell them. <laughs> but uh, the people that I choose, I, I, I try to choose people that uh, you know, got to fill them out. And if they're I feel like they're open minded and they won't judge about these things and they can have a conversation about these things specifically, they're open minded enough to have a nice discussion about these things. You know, I'll definitely tell them. And and not just dudes, but also women too. Absolutely, absolutely, and that makes a lot of sense because it goes back to what we say about communication. Like it's important in uh, in our relationships, but our our friendships just as much so. You know, it's uh it's uh maybe a shame that uh, society doesn't encourage that more, um, especially you know between the same sexes, um, or at least especially between men um, more specifically. But it is I'm glad to hear that you have you have good relationships with uh, with uh, your companions, both men and women around you. I, I feel very much the same way and and try to cultivate those relationships which really have um, people that um, exactly what you said can have uh, real discussions about real topics rather than you know just kind of 
butting around about uh, a sports game or a movie or whatever. Oh, I, I so I hear what you're saying, man. I hear about the uh, the stereotypes, right? Yeah, what we're supposed to be talking about with 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 other men, especially where I live and where I come from. So I come from New York City, which is very uh, you know, it's just a lot of different walks of life there, different perspectives. And now I live in a very small town in Pennsylvania. It's a like only a couple thousand people that live in the town I live in. And sometimes I go to the bar and, um, you know, it, it, you get, you get what you get. You don't get too many walks of life. I mean, you get people that lived here. And so whatever they, you know, learned from generations past and, and their, their environment, a lot of people think very similarly. Some people are more educated than others, of course, but it's just, you're getting, you're getting a, a lot of the same. What I will say was I, I, you know, I'll be surprised if I was able to just walk into a bar and find someone that um, I could share something like this with. And the people that I probably can, because I have I've met a couple of people, are deemed as kind of the outcast of the town. The people that are a little more open minded and are more the outcasts is what I can say. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that does seem like a a uh, a product of of the environment you're in. Not that that's unique, because that's happening all over the country, even in you know city places or just outside um, big cities. That's that's a very common thing to see. But I do think, thankfully, I, I think with uh, more education and more you know people getting to know more people on a broader spectrum, I think that is going to change like that small group of outcasts will grow and grow until it's it's not, they're not outcasts anymore as it were yeah i i agree especially with the advancement of technology like how we're able to do this right now definitely definitely did you feel like you um or do you, do you remember any uh media you grew up that had like fart content in it whether it was like a small thing or, or like a larger focus of the of the show no no, I, I, I really don't. Not at all. I mean, I, I, I seeked out fart porn. But besides that, no, not even small or, or big. It was just, I realized this is something that just turns me on. And then I sought out porn. <laughs> For sure. No, That's it's it. Yeah, no, it could be just as simple as that. Do you remember when, uh, whenabouts that was that you first like, I guess thought to look at look for porn like well, about what age or was that like just your puberty or no no it was a little it was after puberty I don't remember exactly but it was definitely in my late teens because thinking back when I hit puberty and 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 like I I didn't have this something that happened later I wish I can pinpoint it man I so wish I could but I can't <laughs> No, I hear you. I'm the same way, unfortunately. Can I just, you? I, no, no, I can't because I it, you know, it occurred so young. Like I remember the first fantasies I can recall uh, were in like first grade. So that's really the only point of reference I have. Um, but that's not an origin, and it certainly doesn't tell me where I got into the idea of like liking domination. Cause even back then the fantasies I was having 
were very dominating and very kind of cruel in the way that I like today to this day. And the farting was there as well. And that was like, I don't know, what is, what is that? Like seven years old is about first grade. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, like the, the farting aspect, I look, the only thing I can do is link back to my parents and the, the, you know, the free uh, farting in bathroom um, style. But the domination is the one that is um more perplexing to me and maybe it's a more um maybe it's a more psychological like inborn thing i i I think the fetish too is inborn and is uh is activated in the people that have the gene for it do what do you think about that well i think everything is a combination of genetics and environment everything it's a term a term called i think uh epigenetics let me bring the subject real quick just for an example to to alcoholism Let's say someone has the genes and there are a lot of uh, alcoholics in their families. So they might have the gene that makes them more susceptible to alcoholism. But let's say there's four siblings and they all have the same gene, but only one of them becomes an alcoholic. But let's then we find out, though, that maybe that one had traumatic experiences in their lives. So it's like think of a light switch. So like we all have the light switch with the potential to be turned on which is the genes, but we need the environment thing to turn it on. So we need some sort of experience or traumatic event to turn on that light switch. So that's where the combination comes in. That's a great, that's a great analogy. I I hadn't thought about it that, but that's very, that's very good. I like that a lot. Are you, are you fortunate enough to have a, uh, a kink scene around you and and have you been out into it? No, not at all. The, the closest I've, I've, I've had is pet life. I'm very fortunate that I've read your message on that and to be talking to you now because of it. Thank goodness for the internet because people, I can only imagine people can be feeling really, really lost and feel alone. And because of the internet, you don't have to. Like I said, like I wasn't born in this town and I moved here for different circumstances to help my parents because they moved here. But like if I was born in this town and and if it was before the internet age, I, I really doubt that I would have found a scene around here. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Do you enjoy having this fetish, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Turns me on. <laughs> I, I mean, I can understand there's other maybe fetishes that uh, people may not want or even this one. But for me, I love it. I don't feel like it it harms anyone. It doesn't harm me. I've had success in real life with it, had some experiences, and I embrace it all, you know. But I can understand. Like if I have not had maybe great experience, I had no experiences or felt like I'm I would never have an experience. Like why why the hell do I have this fetish? Why couldn't I have something else that's more that more people have? But you know what? Like I said, it's possible for anybody to to be able to experience these things, especially if they find a right partner that is willing to, uh, you know, give it a try, especially finding someone that they, if they love you, most of the time they're going to try it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you say it's like a enhancement to your sex life or do you feel like it? it's like a completely separate thing? Like it does something completely separate in a way that other sex or other kinks might not do for you? Both. So it does enhance it because if I'm doing it with my girlfriend, then, then, then it's great. But also at the same time, sometimes, 
like I'll have sex with my girlfriend to please her. And then afterwards, like I won't come just so like I'll, I'll make sure she's good, but I won't come just so then separately she can make me come by farting. Yeah. Wow. That's on that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. That's a great, uh, that's a great, you know, mutual exchange. I, I, I love to hear that. What are, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the future of the fetish, whether it be for yourself or, or the fetish at large? You know, I, w- I was thinking about this. You know, this fetish has been around, of course, as I'm sure w- humans have been around. <laughs> and uh, the, I, I remember reading something about uh, James Joyce. He's an Irish author. You, you know him? Yeah, yeah. People have been into this for, for, for a long time. But back in, you know, the, the early 20th century, I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't know this. Now, now, what, what, what do we have? I mean, we, we're, we're able to have this uh, little podcast. We're able to uh, look this stuff up, look, go on FetLife. People are, you know, women are farting in jars and selling it to people. So I, I would say that uh, the far fetish is, is doing pretty good. And uh, it as as uh you know the progression of technology as long as it keeps progressing I, I, this is going to progress and it's going to reach more people and people aren't going to feel alone that's that's the only thing you know I, I i really care about most is people not feeling alone and feeling like damn i have this thing what what is this what why i can't tell anybody nah now you can you can tell people talk about it meet people that are interested in it you're going to be all right. That's awesome, Daryl. I really, that's a, that's a great way to end this podcast. And, and I cannot appreciate, I cannot thank you enough for uh, taking the time to, to join us today and, and really giving us some great insight into you. Your example can be great advice. So I really appreciate it. And thank you again for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me, Raj. I really appreciate it. It was very nice to, to talk openly about this, especially on your podcast, man. Absolutely. It's my pleasure.